We are closing in on 30 episodes of Night Shift, episode 29 here after a very busy weekend and, well, prior weekend for London Nights, and we will break it all down for you. Calgamard, Mike Stubbs, Night Shift. You can follow us along on socials at Stubbs980 on social media for Mike, at Calgamard on social media for me. You can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, globalnews.ca. We're up on uh, Megaphone as well if you want to go listen in and mike the knights they had three games on a thursday friday and saturday all of them which were on the road and after a tough start on the thursday the knights come out and claim two of three victories definitely we'll focus in on the friday night because this seemed to be if if you were to rank these games peterborough's a really good team Kingston was at the end of a weekend. That's not an easy game to win, but the game was the Ottawa game. The 67s are in a dogfight right now with the North Bay Battalion for top spot in the Eastern Conference. Credit North Bay for climbing back into this after the start that Ottawa had, but they have. Ottawa got Logan Morrison back. They got Vincennes Rohr back, two of their high-flying offensive players. And so this was marquee. The crowd was great. It was Friday night in Ottawa. And so that's one that we'll focus in on. But if you want to start in Peterborough, yeah, the Knights didn't start this road trip the way they wanted to. They ended up losing three to nothing. Michael Simpson had a shutout for the Peterborough Peets. He's a Londoner, former junior knight. He leads the OHL in save percentage. He was full marks for that. But Peterborough was full marks for their defensive game. They really blocked a lot of shots. They got in the Knights' way. They clogged things up really well. And this was a one to nothing game well into the third period. So this was one of those tight ones. And in the end, I think the Knights went back and they were able to use what happened in Peterborough and help themselves out the next night because maybe they were a little too much on the perimeter against the Peterborough Peets. They weren't against the Ottawa 67s. But the other thing that I always like to look at in hockey, Kyle, think about all the teams that have won the President's Trophy, so finished first overall in the National Hockey League. And what do they always say about those teams that win the President's Trophy in the NHL? They're cursed and they never end up winning the Stanley Cup. Because <laughs> it's hard. You have to play to win during the regular season. And sure, every team is going out and playing to win every night. No player wants to go out and say, well, you know, if we don't win tonight, whatever. Nobody's saying that. You don't get to a level like the NHL or a level like the OHL with that attitude. So you have these teams that go out, but there's that little extra that you've got to do. You've got to sacrifice. You've got to, you know, give absolutely everything. There's that other level that you hit. And usually it's reserved for the playoffs. It's why playoff hockey looks so different because that's what you're doing. Problem is, and this translates to other sports as well. If you played like that, Every single night, there'd be nothing left of you by the time the playoffs began. And that happens to the President's Trophy winner in the NHL quite a bit, where you've had to give that extra so often to build that record. Think of the Detroit Red Wings, who won, what, 61 games. What will the Boston Bruins do this year? As we record this, the Bruins have lost three in a row. Are they running out of gas is the question that they'll be asked until they prove whether or not they are. So the Knights, in playing the way they did, against Peterborough it didn't necessarily start the road trip the way they wanted to but I think it allowed them to say all right let's hit this this level a little higher the next night 
And it's just an example of, yeah, if, if you want to go and, and take the puck to the net with your teeth, you got to make sure you have enough teeth left once that postseason gets going. So interesting start. Brett Brochu had himself a great game against the Peterborough Peets. That little sneaky breakaway goal that Brennan Othman scored. I don't know anybody stopping that. That that was that was an NHL goal. Brennan Othman is a first round pick of the New York Rangers. But that's the way that one started. But I would like looking because you can do it for a short period of time you can play that way you got to pick your spots and usually once the playoffs begin that's the level that you've got to hit and that's why we see so many teams as beaten up as they are ask the Hamilton Bulldogs about their injuries going into the Memorial Cup it took a ton to get there and maybe just maybe that was the reason why they made it to the final but didn't make the climb up to the the summit yeah you know and that that happens injuries happen it's a part of the game it's a part of every sport that uh that we play the london knights were a victim of it last year when brett brochu went down and they were trying to find some stability in that because he's such a big and important role and they've kind of found that this year in zach bowen and that's what he did he went into ottawa on a friday night in one of probably the circled games of the weekend he stops 27 of 28 shots and the london knights get a big shootout victory over the 67s Ruslan and Gaz is off with the shootout winner and that one Alec Leonard scoring just his second of the season but you know for for when London last year really struggled trying to find a guy that they could rely upon and give Brett Brochu that rest because if this were last year early in the season Brett Brochu was starting all three of these games and now London has a goaltender in Zach Bowen who's a rookie and is 10 in one on the season that they can go to and say hey we're putting you on the road in Ottawa out on the, on a back-to-back in the second of three games. And he goes out and pitches a pretty fantastic game, stopping 27 to 28 shots. That is a luxury that the London Knights just didn't have last year. And let's go behind the scenes on this for just a second. I want everybody to picture something. Zach Bowen is 17 years old. Okay. So picture yourself at 17, where were you? What what were you doing? Get, get that in your mind for a second. He goes into his hometown, essentially. He's from Canada, which is about a 15-minute drive outside of Ottawa. It's where the Ottawa Senators play, if you've ever been there to see a game. So that's where he's from. He's from the Ottawa area. So he's going into that game, and there are about 50, 50 friends and family coming to the game to see him. This is the first time he's been in that setting. So You've got everybody that you've known for a long, long time coming to see you play. You're 17. The spotlight is on you. You can feel that. The crowd in Ottawa is great. They're really lively. They've done such a great job over the years bringing kids in, and those kids are starting to get older. Some of them, I think, are even bringing their kids now. So you've just got a fun atmosphere. They do a very, very good job of that, have for a while, because they're competing against the Ottawa Senators. They're competing against the Ottawa Red Blacks. So this is something that the 67s have had to create and it's, it's tough sledding in Ottawa, and they do it better than anybody else who shares that market in the OHL with, you know, with somebody else. There aren't very many, but the Ottawa 67s are excellent at it. But there's Zach Bowen, and it comes down to a game where it's, 
It's one nothing for the longest time. The only goal that beat him in regulation was a rebound that he had no chance on the second shot. He just he just didn't. He had to to really make a big save on the first shot. Second one came, you know, right free, and a defenseman Matthew Mayich put it in for Ottawa. And then the shootout starts going Ottawa's way, and you come to a point where you have to make a save. You have to. You're 17, 50 friends and family watching. You have to make this save. Here's Zach Bowen on making the save to keep the Knights alive in the shootout. Well, obviously the first two went five hole and they both scored. So I was thinking the third day I was going to go five hole too. So I was scared of that. So I did bite, um, but I was able to recover and stop him. So. And then you stop the next one. Did you have a feeling when Ruslan stepped up that hey, this, this could be over, this could happen. Yeah, he's automatic in uh, practice, so I had a feeling we were going to score there. And what was it like playing in Ottawa, in front of all those family and friends? Uh, it was great. It was great, especially because we won, so happy for me and happy I could put a performance for them. That is Zach Bowen on making a save he had to make. Then he had to make another one after Ryan Winterton scored, and then, well, Ruslan Gazazov. Kyle, we keep watching this guy have better and better and better games. His game on Friday may have really been his best yet. And when he stepped up with that puck, it was almost like you knew it was going in because he just had that confidence and swagger defensively. He was really good all night. Roseland Gazazov to try to win it. A goal by Gazazov will do just that. Here is Roseland Gazazov, left-handed shot, picks up the puck, cuts to the left side of the Ottawa zone, into the hash marks, fire scores! Roseland Gazazov wins it for the London Knights, 2-1 in a shootout. So Roseland Gazazov, a big goal for the Knights, and the Knights sweep the Ottawa 67s this year in games that, hey, if this is a playoff series, bring a pillow. I mean, it, it would take a lot. Both teams would have to get to the OHL Championship Series. But just the way these games have gone, if that ever were to happen, bring a pillow because you're going to need two and three overtimes to figure out who's better, who's best in just about every one of these games if the way that they play against each other keeps up. Oh, see, and, and these are the games, Mike, that I love seeing finals that it's 2-1, 3-2 because <laughs> those are tight games. They're intense. You know, it's not 8-7 or 6-5 where goals are going in and you're kind of nervous because anything can happen. But this is when two teams are playing at a very high level and one mistake the other team will then come on and capitalize. And even this one, that didn't happen. It was 1-1, and it took a shootout for the London Knights to get a victory here. But I, these are contests that I look forward to. And it, this is that's what playoff hockey is. Playoff hockey, it's tight. You're not going to be scoring six, seven, eight, nine goals in a game like the London Knights have virtually all year long. And against a really good team, they find a way to win, and they do so in a shootout against the 67s. They then do it the next night at the, at the back half of their three and three uh, weekend with another shootout victory. This one in Kingston over the Frontenacs. And again, for what you say about Kingston and, you know, they moved on from Shane, Wright. Kingston has actually been a pretty decent team since that move. A lot of their players have really stepped up, but you know, London goes into that game. They find a way to get that game to a shootout. George Decker was the only goal scorer in the shootout. And as we talked about the goaltending, Brett Brochu again, comes in, makes 28 stops for the win.
Yeah, he was excellent. And we'll hear his shootout winning save in just a minute because it was like, no, nobody's getting anything by me in this. And we'll run down some numbers as to where Brett Brochu sits in terms of all-time career wins because there's something to watch as the Knights return home for quite a few games. The Knights are about to play seven games in 10 days. So busy schedule. It's been busy. It's about to get even busier. But this was a game, Kyle, that would have been so easy to lose. You went in against the Ottawa 67s. The atmosphere, the magnitude, the way that it sits on kind of a marquee in your mind, and you win it. And it would have been easy. And there was an early goal that the Knights scored, made it feel like London might walk away with it. They limited Kingston to two shots in the first period. Ivan Zhigalov was very good in the Kingston net. And then Kingston got life. Ethan Miedema scored a power play goal in the second period on a five-on-three and that allowed, and this, this is this seems to be a trait of this Kingston team. They had lost the night before to the Oshawa Generals 2-0. And they just never had that spark. If you watch the game, there was no spark. They actually set a Kingston Frontenac's record for fewest combined shots in a game in the game against Oshawa. There were 38 total. Neither wow. team had more than nine in any period. So it was kind of a sleepy one. And if you give Kingston a spark, they've got enough skill where they're going to stay with you. And that Ethan Meadema goal gave them a spark. And so the Knights had to fend them off. And we haven't talked about Denver Barkey yet, but he was outstanding. The Knights only scored three goals in regulation on this trip, and they ended up with two wins. That's finding a way right there. That's some tough math. But Denver Barkey was in on all of them, scored one and assisted on two. And he scored the goal on the power play in Kingston on Saturday night to begin things. And then he got the puck to the net. And, uh, you know, this is just one of those things that good players do. He has nowhere to go at the side of the net. He puts the puck off the pads of Zhigalov and creates a rebound. And Ryan Winterton's right there to bang it in. And that put the Knights ahead. Kingston came back and tied things very late with the goalie pulled. And then, as you said, it went off to a shootout. But Denver Barkey, in you know the weekend games that he played, he only played Ottawa and Kingston because he was at the top prospects game. But dynamite, absolute dynamite. And Easton Cowan, he was one that if you look at the Knights maybe not having as much steam because they'd used a lot of their steam against Ottawa, Easton Cowan's third period shifts, he was out hitting people, he was out creating chances, and these are the leaders of the future for the London Knights, and so that was really impressive to see, but it was sealed, honestly, by that George Diaco goal, and then by Brett Brochu. Picks up the puck, left-handed shot, up the middle of the ice to the hash marks, he shoots, save, Brochu, and the London Knights defeat the Kingston Frontenacs 3-2 to two in a shootout. Yeah, you know, as a goaltender, there's there's the oftentimes, and for me, it didn't happen all that often, but you see a goaltender get into a zone, and once, you know, they hit a certain point, whether it's a shootout or a time in the game, a goaltender will just go, that's it. You've gotten however many you've gotten on me, 
that's it. You're done. And that was exactly it. When you watch that one, uh, Mike, that bro shoe said, I'm not giving one up here in the shootout. It wasn't happening. George Diaco scored as soon as the Knights went up one, nothing and Brett Brochu went, all right, I'm stopping the next three and went on to do that. And the London Knights walk away with two to three victories. You know, they've really this weekend, they really leaned on the goaltending. You know, we saw games where the Knights have pumped seven, eight, nine goals in, and you mentioned three goals in just three games. Well, the London Knights found a way to get two of those three wins. And a lot of it had to do their goaltending. And I wanted to go back and look, Mike, and I, I'm going to tell you these numbers of the, all the goalies in the Ontario hockey league, 40 goalies have played or started in 10 or more games. Brett Brochu and Zach Bowen are just two of 11 that have a save percentage over 900. And then are just two of six that have a goals against average below three, which is just insane to me that one you're getting it from your starter but you're also getting it from your relief guy or your quote backup and for the knights to have two of those guys in those categories is such a luxury because let's be frank a lot of those teams don't even have one of them that's incredible no though that puts into perspective what we are seeing in the night net doesn't it that's incredible wow well, if you want a numbers watch for the next little while, Brett Brochu continues to climb up the charts of the all-time leading goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League and in the London Knights organization. Brochu right now, if we just boil this down to the Knights, Brochu has 81 wins in his career. That's crazy. He's won 81 of 118 games that he's played in. That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. But he has. He's done this. And now he is three wins back of Gene Chiarello for second overall. He is 12 wins back of Michael Hauser for first overall. Michael Hauser ended up playing 141 games. Gene Chiarello, 195. Remember, Brett Brochu had a pandemic year in there, and so that wiped out a season. Otherwise, he would probably be the winningest goalie, and those are really good goalies. Michael Hauser and Gene Chiarello, two of the best to play in the OHL. But Brett Brochu continues to track them down. So here's what's left, and this is going to be some tough math, but he needs 12 wins to tie Michael Hauser. There are 24 games left. You won't see Brett Brochu starting 24 games, so he's going to need to win most of his starts in order to have a shot at that. If it happens, hey, it happens. If we want to go to, you know, wins per game, uh, Brett Brochu is going to have that one locked up. But that's one to watch. Brett Brochu, three wins back of Gene Chiarello, 12 back of Michael Hauser, 24 games remain in the Knights' regular season. And remember, some of those are coming up at home. So this is the way to look at things. The Knights have a lot of home games, but there's stuff happening at those games. So you've got Friday night, February 3rd, they'll take on the Saginaw Spirit. Then they go to Erie the next night. And then they've got a week where they play three home games during the week. So here's how it'll work out. They take on the Flint Firebirds on Monday, February 6th. That is Mitch Marner bobblehead night. So if you are there nice and early, you're going to get yourself a Mitch Marner bobblehead. And I've already had people emailing me saying, hey, how many people? What was the game? So it's Monday, February 6th, Mitch Marner bobblehead night. 
And then on the Wednesday, it is Don Brankley Hall of Fame induction ceremony night. So Dennis Weidman will be going in along when Dennis Weidman is with the Kitchener Rangers. The Knights will be taking on Kitchener that night. Dennis Weidman going in along with Rick Green and the late Dan Maloney. And then on the Friday night, it's the Knights and the Otters. So get your tickets for those at LondonKnights.com. Lots of good things coming. And before we close out, we haven't even congratulated Denver Barkey and Oliver Bonk on their nights at the top prospects game in Langley, BC. Oliver Bonk, one of the top defensemen. Scouts are saying, yeah, he was one of the top defensemen, if not the top defenseman on the ice a couple of the scouts that i've talked to over the weekend said wow he really really played well and and that's some good company so if you can be up there is yeah he was right there with everybody else and denver barkey ended up creating some plays great on the penalty kill now the thing that we did was we sat down and talked to them about this and you would think all right they get together the 40 top prospects in the Canadian Hockey League. So you've got three different leagues. You've got the Western League, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and the OHL. You'd think these guys are all meeting each other for the first time, getting to know each other. Denver Barkey said, oh, no, no, that's not the case at all. Uh, Yeah, I knew quite a bit of them, luckily. Um, I grew up playing with some of those guys, but uh, I feel like uh, playing at U17s and then the Helenka tournament in the summer, a lot of those guys came back for the prospects game. So I I knew a lot of them pretty well, which is cool and comforting. So, Oliver, you get out there, what happens right away? Is there practice? Are there pictures? What are the things that you're going through? Yeah, we had uh, we had testing first. So you kind of do your off-ice testing. You do media for a lot of the time. Then you go on-ice testing, and then you have a practice that day. Then the next day is the game, so you do a morning skate, and then you play. So how much of this was a whirlwind for you? Because, you know, you, you got the word, and you're gone, Denver. Yeah, I got the call like two days before, so I um, had to do a whole bunch of documents, pack my stuff, and then when I got there, it was um, the first day was pretty chill. We just kind of got in our hotel, did some media stuff, and then Tuesday, Wednesday was packed with testing and getting ready for the games and pictures and media and all that stuff. So, Oliver, let's fast forward to the game. You find out you're going to be on the ice to start the game. Does that affect the nerves in any more than maybe standing on the bench would? Yeah, but... I think it made it more special. Like it's it's amazing to start one of those games. Just the introductions were cool, and uh, just a great feeling to start one of those. Once the game gets going, Denver, what happens to the nerves? Do they disappear, or are they there maybe a little longer than what a normal game would be? Um, yeah, obviously there's a lot of nerves going into it, but I feel as soon as that puck drops and the play starts, I feel like all the nerves kind of go away. Nothing. You start you just stop thinking about every all the outside noise, and you kind of just focus on the game. So yeah, I guess your nerves go away. My nerves go away just as soon as that puck drops. An early power play meant that you weren't on the ice until, what, a penalty kill shift? Was that your first shift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was it like waiting to get on the ice? It was hard because, uh, yeah, there was a power play right away and then uh, we were trying to get the lines back and then uh, a PK, so my first shift was on the PK. So it was tough, but um, just had to get the legs going and just do my thing. So You have to tell us about the backhand saucer pass to Grayson Sachin that he almost scored on. Take us through what you remember from that. Uh, yeah, I just remember coming down. Um, I saw him cut and break into the net there, and I, I know obviously he's a really skilled player. Everyone there is really good. So I just tried to get it over to him. Luckily, it landed on a stick, and uh, he tried to score it. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't, but uh, I feel like it was just a good play. Oliver, what are you going to remember from the game itself? I think all just all the top-notch players playing against, uh, obviously, it's 
Connor Bedard from the dub, but a lot of like a lot of the All Stars like first time playing against all of them in the same place, so it was pretty special. Do you remember a one on one where you recognize there's Connor Bedard? Yeah, obviously when when you see him, you're like, oh oh crap, that's that's the guy everyone's talking about. Everyone kind of, I, I felt like everyone kind of backed off him a bit more, but it was uh, it was weird seeing him on the ice on the same surface as me. You had the second intermission interview to do too. Yeah, yeah. That was, he was good though. He was a funny guy, so it was easy to do. Oliver Bonk and Denver Barkey at the top prospects game. Kyle, that does it for us today. That does. Uh, and quickly on the clip too, I just love how Denver Barkey was just added as a late addition. And there was no, he wasn't out of place. Like he fit right in and looked like he was one of the top prospects. Oliver Bonk, I, I heard an interview about him not even being a first round pick and potentially a, a late second round pick because of the pandemic year where he missed. And then all of a sudden has just worked his way back and is being one of the top defensive prospects is quite a luxury to have for London moving forward. But yes, that does it. London Knights will not play until Friday. So we'll preview that game and any games coming up as well and if you want to listen to any other episodes of the podcast you can feel free to do so on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts. we're up at globalnews.ca follow us online if you have any questions feel free to give us a review and a rating we would very much appreciate it and we will see you on thursday